How's everybody doing? Can I have everybody stand up? We want to say hello to all the campuses. What's up, everybody out there? God bless y'all. So excited to be back in church today. Y'all ready for Easter next week? Amen. There are a bunch of people in our culture uh, here in San Diego and all around the country that are wondering where they're going to go to church next week. And uh, so they're waiting for someone to invite them and have an open door. They haven't been to church in a year or since Christmas, and they wonder where they're going to go. So I'm going to encourage you to in, invite your friends. We're going to have Friday, Good Friday service, Saturday services, Sunday service. Go to online and get all the service times. Next Sunday the time, times are the normal, but we also have two on Saturday and one on Friday uh, for our Good Friday services. Those are two different services. So uh, come on out and uh, be, be praying about who you're going to invite. Amen? Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's get on our knees. Let's get on our knees. Yes. <clears throat> How many of y'all fighting a cold or a flu or something? Nobody? Okay, Lord, I just uh, pray for all those people who are sick. <clears throat> I pray you bless them today. I pray you encourage us. But Lord, I, I just pray you light a fire in our heart today. It's already April, and this year is flying by. Our life is flying by. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, challenge us today. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Let's get your Bibles out and count of three, say word. <laughs> One, two, three, say word. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. Hopefully you're reading through the Bible. We're still going through the Bible all the way to the end of the year. 1 Kings 18. Uh, April 12th, uh, just a few days ago, was my 35th. A uh, year of being sober off cocaine and gave my life to the Lord. And on that day, a young man came up to me uh, at random. I was at the barbershop and he came and said, can you pray for me? He was crying. I said, what's going on? He says, I'm doing drugs. I said, you know what? Today's my 35th year of being sober. I said, isn't it amazing that God had you bump into me? On my 35th year of being sober, today is your anniversary, your first day of being sober. And, and I, I want to challenge you, somebody out there, that today is the first day of a new life for you. That what you were yesterday, you don't need to be. And it's for you to accept that and want that and pursue that. And it's going to take your effort. It's going to take you to surrender. Uh, but it's going to take more of God's effort. But you have to say, Lord, I'm ready. Amen. So I'm going to declare over your life. Um, I do not like being cold. How many of y'all don't like being cold? Okay, very good. How many of y'all like being cold? I don't understand that. <laughs> don't, my father, my grandpa was from Jamaica. He goes, I don't understand your mind. And whenever I go to a restaurant and they, and they say you got to eat outside, I'm like, if it's not summer, you know, I'm like, look, uh, you, you got how many lamps you got, <laughs> okay? 
And those, I mean, the lamps are cool, but I, I, I need to be inside. I sleep in the summertime in flannels with sheet and three blankets. I wrap it around my legs like a burrito. And uh, every single night, 365 days a year. I don't like being cold. So anyway, I get the, like I said, bring the heat lamp on this side of me. I want one right here and one right here. Turn that bad boy up. And then they turn the knob and the fire goes, boof. Y'all know those heat lamps? And the fire, it actually fire. There's actually fire. It just, boof. And it, and it burns. I'm like, okay, then I got to feel it. I want to feel it, man. Um, when you worship God, does fire fall? <laughs> the fire of God. Does it come out of heaven and light your heart? Or is it just words coming out of your mouth? <laughs> As disciples who are pursuit, in pursuit of the heart of the Father, we worship God with passion. It's evidence. At the end of our service, we're going to have some worship time. We're going to end a little early. We start a little early. If you're wondering that our time's off, we start a little early so we can end a little early. Because at the end, we're going to have worship time and, and give you an opportunity to cry out to God with this idea that you want to call fire out of heaven to burn your heart. We'll have you come on all the campuses, if you, have, if you come down to the stage and whatever campus you are, to get out of your seat, come out of your comfort zone. What we don't want to do is play religion and come and do the, the robotic steps. I come, I hear a song, I, I listen to a sermon, I go, amen, I leave. That something spontaneous is happening in my heart that's causing me to react to it. Write these three things, get your lesson plan out, if you write these three things down, and then we're going to talk about fire. Number one, Father, give me a heart that cries out in praise in the face of adversity. In other words, in the face of adversity, there is something burning in my heart that will not stop me from telling God how good he is and how much I trust him. That not pain, not discouragement, not loss of job, not need of money to pay my bills, nothing will stop me because there's something burning. You see these little candles on the stage, if it was my, if it was my uh, preference, I'd have torches, but because of the fire code and all that kind of stuff, we can't have torches in here. But here's, I got my little fi my fire. Nothing's going to stop that from burning. So, Father, give me a heart that cries out in praise. Even when, even when everyone's telling me God has forgotten me. Or even everything in my head is telling me God has forgotten me. Number two, Jesus, give me a heart that will worship alone if necessary. I don't need any of y'all. And you shouldn't need any of us. That when you get up, you will worship God. And you will cry out to God and you will obey God when no one else in your world is obeying God. That you will love when everyone is hating you. That you will speak kind when everyone is, play, is speaking gossip. Can I get amen? This is, this, is, this is what I'm talking about, fire. That is burning. It's, it's coming from somewhere else. And number three, Holy Spirit, develop a heart of worship that will light a fire in others. If people watch you worship, do they want to worship? Do they wonder what's causing you? When I, when my, my, I have two daughters and when they were little, my oldest daughter was probably about, I uh, say, four or five. She was dancing like this. She couldn't dance. I don't know if, she, you know, her skills now, but she, she was just kind of, and her other sister was sitting there watching her and her other sister was going, I can't hear it, I can't hear it. And we're trying to figure out, we got on video, huh? one of the few videos we had back in the VHS days when the cameras were that big. And she said, I can't hear it, I can't hear it, Daddy. And I was like, what? And what she couldn't, what she was saying was, I can't hear the music that she's dancing to. 
But the music that she was dancing to was in her head. When people watch you worship, do they want what you're dancing to? I watch people worship. Sometimes, mostly I'm paying attention over here, but sometimes if I'm sitting over here and I can see the crowd, and especially if we have a new worship leader, I want to see how the response is because if the worship leader is a good worship leader, they're worshiping God and that fire is, is burning in you. If you're sitting there going, uh, now, sometimes the lack of worship is, is not the worship leader, it's on you. But do you, do you worship like this? Dear Lord, I love you. You are so awesome. I will shout from the rafters and dance with singing. Ladies, you ever, ever, ever talk to a guy and tell him you love him first? And you go, I have something to tell you. He goes, what is it? He goes, you know, we've been together three weeks. <laughs> it's just something so special. I love you. And he goes, yeah, I love you too. When you worship, do people see something burning in you? Question, what is fire? I love fire. How many of y'all like fire? Okay, make sure we watch y'all. <laughs> is fire a liquid? Is it a solid? Is it a gas? Fire is evidence of a transitional event. It is evidence of a transitional event. There's th this thing called a fire triangle. It's three things you need for fire. You need heat. And by the way, the heat doesn't necessarily have to be fire. But something very hot. You need fuel, the thing that's going to be converted and give off the fire. And you need oxygen. Okay? So, for example, you look at this candle. You have a wick. That little string in there is the fuel. Then you have heat, whatever lit probably a match that lit that thing, and then you have oxygen in the air. And what's happening in this little candle, or any fire you see, that the wood that is burning, the wick that's burning, whatever's burning is being converted from whatever its form was, let's say the wick is a string, it is being converted by the heat to a gas. And when that gas of the wick being converted to gas form, at a very high temperature, combines with the oxygen, it burns and you see light and heat. That's the fire. The fire is evidence that something is being converted from one form to another. In other words, after the fire, the thing that burned is in a different form than it was before it burnt. So you have wood and then you have charcoal and flame and heat. So in the natural, you go from one form to another. In the Bible, fire is representative of the consuming presence of God. <laughs> the transforming presence of God. When, God, when they would give a sacrifice, sometimes uh, uh, Samson's parents, they put a sacrifice, an uh, offering on a rock, and God accepted the offering by transforming it into something that he could accept and it turned into fire. Matter of fact, angels would minister in flames of fire. 
They were in one form or another. They, 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 it, was, it was a representative of God's presence, God's acceptance. And not only did fire consume something, it didn't destroy it. It consumed it. Matter of fact, when you walk with God, you can walk in the fire of God. God's not going to destroy you. He's going to transform you into his image. <laughs> because his fire turns whatever it is into what he wants it to be. So when you worship, the, the fire triangle, one is your heart. That's the fuel. God wants to transform your heart into his heart. The oxygen is your faith. Lord, I am giving you my heart. I'm trusting you my heart. And the fire, I guess the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I want to say fire. So you want to say, Lord, here's my heart. Turn my heart into your heart. Give me your presence. Remember, fire does not destroy necessarily. It converts from one form to another. And God's fire always purifies and brings about what he wants. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses was talking to a burning bush. And the burning bush, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't get destroyed. The bush was able to sustain the presence, the fiery presence of God. When you burn on fire... You don't have to be destroyed necessarily physically, but spiritually God's going to purify you and you're going to become more like him. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego jumped in the fire, Jesus was in the fire. He didn't burn up. Why? Because he, 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 the fire was sustaining, he was sustaining the presence of God. You could actually be on fire by sustaining the presence of God and expressing the presence of God. Because, and in this story we're going to look at, Elijah is going to call fire out of heaven. <laughs> Oh, I love this story. And so here's my question to you. My question to you is that when you pray, when you worship, does God bless you with his fiery presence? And is the result passion, a light that no one can shut down, a passion no one can deny, a transformed life, a pursuit of the heart of the Father, no matter what is going on in your life, I am going to trust God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray because the fire that's burning in my heart for God cannot be shut down. Or is it robotic habit? And my encouragement to you when we get to the end of the service is that you will say, Lord, I don't want to be a robot. Say, I don't want to be a robot. I say, I want God's fire to burn in my heart. Listen, I'm loud. My wife tells me on a weekly basis. We're in a restaurant. I don't have a hearing problem. So some people are loud because I have a hearing. I don't have a hearing problem. I go to a doctor. My hearing is fine. I'm just loud. But that doesn't mean I'm on fire. You can be loud and not be on fire for God. Pagans can be loud. But when God says Shout, oh, and God puts something in my heart. And sometimes I'll be talking to people in the restaurant, and I'll be like getting so intense, going intense, and the fire starts burning. And, and my wife will just put her hand on me and say, you're in the restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, but you need to get saved. Jesus loves you. And I start whispering, intense. <laughs> in the story, in the story, First uh, Kings 18. In First Kings 18, in, in the book of Kings, you're going to read, there are kings who are political figures. And then there are prophets who are religious figures. Some of the kings are good, some of the kings are bad. This king Ahab is bad. He marries a woman named Jezebel who worships the, worships the false god of Baal. Baal was a fertility god. You worship Baal through sexual immorality. You actually go to the temple and have sex with prostitutes. 
And Baal basically was, I'll bless your crops, I'll bless your womb if you have sex and you, and you do all this perverted stuff. So Ahab, the, the Jewish king, married this pagan woman and she convinced him to turn the nation to worship Baal. It is very important that you are connected to people who love God. I'm not even talking your marriage, I'm talking your relationships. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked. That means you want to have the spiritual upper hand in your relationships. You do not want people in your life dragging you down. And they will. So you need to evaluate your friends and your associates, your business partners. Because they will affect your life. And you have to decide who is more important to me, them or God. Yes. Okay. So, so Ahab marries Jezebel and, and he turns the whole nation over to worship Baal. Worship, uh, false God. And all these people are worshiping Baal. They got all these, these shrines all over the place. They were having sex and it was just immoral. And Elijah was on fire for God. So Elijah said, look, we got to do something about this. And make a long story short, he confronts Ahab. He pronounces a famine and drought for three years and all this stuff. Drought just destroys everything in judgment of Ahab's religion. So finally, he says, Ahab, me and you got to have a conversation. I want you to bring up all the prophets of Baal up to Mount Carmel and the 400 prophets of Asherah, Baal's mythical uh, parent, mother, and then we're going to have a worship service, and I'm going to call on my God, you call on your God, and we'll see which one answers by fire. If when you worship, God doesn't answer by fire, you need to pause and ask yourself what you're doing. What you're trying to accomplish. Because God has not called us to sing songs. He's called us to worship him and to enter into his fiery presence. So when we're in his presence, something can be transformed in our heart because fire transforms. Fire is the result of something being transformed. And the more you worship God, the more you are transformed. You will, if, if you are worshiping God and not being, if you are singing and not being transformed, then what's something's happening because that means you're either perfect, which we're not, or something's not happening. So Elijah's going to call the thing and call the prophets and he's going to say, you set your altar up and you call on your God. I'm going to set my altar up, and after you're done, I'm going to call my God. And whichever God answers by fire, that's going to be the God we're going to worship. This is an awesome story. Let's read it. Chapter 18, verse 18. He says, I have not answered trouble, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house, Ahab, have troubled Israel, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord God and followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And by the way, uh, here's my challenge to you every single week. Decide who you're going to follow. Probably the most common conversation I have with people when I see them outside the church is, hey, Pastor, hey, I love the church. Da, 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 da. I thought, cool, cool, cool. When's the last time you've been? Well, see what happened was. This happened, and this happened, and this happened. And, but, you know, I love going to San Diego State. We were at San Diego State 12 years ago. <laughs> Make up your mind. Here's what God would rather you be, hot or cold. 
but don't leave lukewarm. Lukewarm is this. I'm in, I'm out. I'm in, I'm out. I'm in, I'm out. Stop. Stop. Make up your mind. If you're going to be out, then go full bore and send your heart out. I'm not joking. Send your heart out. Go sleep around. Go sleep around with everybody you can. Get all the disease you can, get your heart broke as many times as you can, jack up your life, and at some point you're going to realize, you know what, that don't work. Paul told the Corinthians, turn those people over to Satan. This is what he said. Turn them over to Satan. Go ahead, do what you want. If, you, if, you, if you're going to, if you're going to be getting, doing drugs or, or, or if you're drinking, go ahead. Just go get high every day. Spend all your money. Go get addicted. Just Go. And when you realize that that don't work, I was talking to someone, they were talking about living with a boyfriend, whatever, whatever, and I said, how's that working out? We are not called to be like the world. And the world is rejected, has, has rejected, this, especially our culture has rejected the Bible a long time ago. So don't expect there to be congruency, which means uh, congruent is, is equal or uh, similarity. It is not. Next year, it'll be the, the chasm between the Bible and the world will be bigger. The year after that, it'll be bigger. It's, it's, it's happening at light speed. So you have to decide which one you're going to be on. So he says, you guys, this is what Elijah says, y'all are faltering between two and ten. You can't make up your mind. You're going to follow God or Baal. You need to make up your mind. And when you come to church, please don't come to church with this attitude. I'm going to see if I can get in and get something good. That means God approves me. He hasn't put me in jail, so I'm good. That's just evidence of God's loving patience. But it is not evidence of his approval. It's two different things. God is patient. He's giving you opportunity. He wants so much more for you. And the devil wants you to settle. He wants you to look around and go, well, I'm good I'm okay, I'm like everybody else, so I'm better than that person, so I'm good. And that is not the comparison he wants you to make. He wants you to make the comparison of what Jesus lived in and, and the blessings that God wants to bestow in your life and the fire you can have with the Holy Spirit in your life. It says in verse 22, then Elijah said to the people, I am alone. I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but the prophets of Baal, 450. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves and cut in pieces and lay it on wood, but put no fire under it and I will prepare the other, call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers, he is God. So the people said, it is well. Verse 25, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first for you are many and call in the name of your God and put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Saying, oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered him. They leaped around the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, keep crying for he is a God. Either he's meditating. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's on a journey. Perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried and cut themselves as was their custom with their knives and lances until blood gushed out of them. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the Eden sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Matter of fact, in one of the, uh, the translations says, maybe, he's, maybe your God's going to the bathroom. <laughs> what you crying out for? And then he says, Elijah said to the people, 
Okay, all y'all Israelites, y'all saw that? Come over here, watch this. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. And then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seeds of seed. And he put wood on the, in order, cut the bulls in pieces and laid it on the wood. And said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So water ran all around the altar and, the, and it also filled the trenches. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet. Anyone say Elijah the prophet. A prophet is a person, male or female, that proclaims the word of God. That's you. We're going to do a whole series on the prophets later in the year. That's you. God speaks to you. Declare what he says. As you're reading the Bible every day, as we're reading through the Bible, listen to his voice. If you got one of our journals, if you didn't get one of our discipleship journals, get a journal and write what he says. Don't be mechanical. God wants to speak to you a fresh word about your life, <laughs> your burden, your situation. And in verse 36 it says, it came to pass at the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Remember, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up, licked up. The water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Elijah said, you build your altar, cry out to God. All day they were crying, crying. Maybe your God is asleep. Maybe he's taking a nap. Maybe he went on a trip and he's on vacation. Maybe he's in the bathroom. I'll just wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Sorry, you don't have a God. Watch what I do. He built the altar. He said, look, pour water on it so no one can fake, say I faked it and put a little candle underneath it and lit it. Pour some more water on it. Pour some more water on it. And the water was going all around. And then he said, God, watch this, y'all. And he cried out a short prayer and whoosh, the fire of God. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what your need is, no matter what your burden is, you don't understand, mother, I got problems. I got problems. You ain't the only one with problems. How many of y'all got problems in here? Raise your hand. Come on now. Raise your hand real high. Look around the room. Stop. Hey, I got problems. I, 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 I was at a conference last week in Birmingham, Alabama, and this lady gave a testimony. Heather Lindsay, she, uh, her and her husband pastor a church in Atlanta. And, she, I, I, and I've known them for a, a year. And she gave, <laughs> she was adopted when she was a baby into a family of like 20-something kids. And as she was telling the testimony, she was talking about her brother who died, her brother who died, her sister who died, her brother who died, her father who died, her stepfather who died. And I was like, this can't, it was like seven, eight people in her died. One of overdosed, another lit herself on fire, another killed himself. It was just a suicide. It was just amazing. And, and, and this girl is as, no, as normal. I'm like, you should be jacked up. She says, I know. 
There was like seven people in her family who died. We all got problems. That's the water. Your problems are the water. All the things that the world would say, that should keep you away from God. But God's fire will burn through that. But you have to say, Lord, here's my heart. That's the fuel. Lord, change my heart. Amen. You can give the Lord a hand. Change my heart. In a minute, we're going to worship. We're going to cry out to God. I want you to prepare your heart. In a minute, we're going to worship. I don't want you to leave. This is not religious service. This is the, we want to enter the presence of God. Can I get an amen? amen? So in a minute, we're going to worship. But here's all I want you to do. Here's the, the, the fire triangle. Is your heart. Lord, here's my heart. Change it. Transform it. Light it with your fire, Holy Spirit. And my faith is the oxygen. Change my heart. And as we're singing, I want you to give your heart, give your heart to God and say, Lord, whatever your fire causes me to do, I give your fire permission to burn. We had, when we first moved into this building uh, 12 years ago or so, uh, there were fires in, in San Diego, as we have every year. And in my neighborhood where I lived, there were 350 homes burned down. Blocks, house after house after house after house, burned down. Boom, boom, boom. The fire didn't say, hey, can I burn your house down? Can I burn your house down? The fire said, no, I'm coming. You got to get out. Our whole neighborhood, you know, if you were here in, in, in 2007, 500,000 people evacuated. And the fire just went whoosh through entire neighborhoods all around San Diego. But where I live, I, I remember because we drove through the neighborhoods and it was like 30, 40 homes in a row just burnt to the ground. Lord, I want your fire to burn in my heart. And if you want me to shout, if you want me to lift my hands, if you want me to get on my knees, if you want me to come forward in all the campuses to the stage, just do something. But, but take advantage of this time to let God have his way with you, to break out of whatever robotic habit you are in, whatever comfort zone you are in. Because if you are going to be a disciple of the Lord and you are going to be a disciple that is in the pursuit of the heart of God, the heart of God is going to say, come over here. And you have to say, I'm ready to go. If the heart of God says, pray for that person, I'm ready to go. If the heart of God says, lay hands on that person in the restaurant, I'm ready to go because I'm not in control. He's in control. But if you're going to be like, God, I only, I, only go to, I only read my Bible on Sunday and only when it's on the screen. Please. Please. God's like, I want you to be in my word every day. Walk through. You walk in church like this. Like you got held up. Hey. When I was... When I was, when I was, when I was uh, playing football, I was defensive back, so we ran backwards. Defensive backs are pound for pound the baddest players on the field. <laughs> but it's true. And one of the reasons is we had to run backwards while the other guy's running forward. We don't know where he's going. We had to turn this way. We had to turn this way. We had to turn all the way around and follow him. And he's running forward. He knows where he's going. So to practice, I would walk through department stores, backwards. There'd be people, I'd be like, uh, 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 uh. And people were like, huh, I don't care. I don't know you, bye. I'm trying to get paid, okay? <laughs> you need to stop worrying about what people who don't matter in your life think. And let the fire of God burn in your life. 
So I'm going to ask you all to stand up at all the campuses. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to stand up. Service is not over. I'm going to pray for you that the fire of God burn in your life. So as we sing this song, these couple of songs, that you feel free to come out of your seat. You feel free to go to the front of the altar. You feel to lift your hands, shout, dance, get on your knees, whatever it is. But here's the thing. Fire happens when something goes from one form to another, and fire only occurs in a gas form. That means you must worship in spirit and truth. <laughs> and it's expressed with your voice. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Holy Spirit, baptize us with your fiery presence. Light us up. Lord, we give you permission to light us up. We hand you our heart as the fuel, our faith as the oxygen. But you are the heat. You are the igniting instrument. And may we respond by allowing you to burn in our heart. May that flame and the heat of that flame be expressed in our voice, in our arms, in our response. In Jesus' name.